Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Going to be talking about a little bit of a heavy topic tonight, emotional abuse. Uh, I'm hearing and seeing more and more of it, and I think it's a really important thing to call out. Uh, we tend to see physical forms of abuse uh, as something we take more seriously. And I appreciate why that is. Um, but again, I, I, I do also think at the same time that it's a symptom of us just not honoring mental health. And I talk endlessly about that where, you know, again, you have no problem calling out of work, not attending a party or an event you've committed to um, or whatever it is. If you have a physical injury, if you said to someone, I broke my leg or I have a chronic illness that's visible because I always hold space to the fact that a lot of people struggle to take their own or others invisible disabilities seriously, things like chronic fatigue, chronic fatigue, et cetera, et cetera. But mental health is the worst where if someone's like, I'm depressed, most will not feel comfortable saying I can't attend, I'm depressed. And most won't feel comfortable accepting that. People somehow think that mental health is something we should be better than beyond, not struggle with, that we should be able to just pull it together, put a smile on your face, but it's your brother's birthday. You know, all of these ways that we ignore it. But again, if you said, I literally cannot walk or I'm so sick, I can't get out of bed, everyone's like, we totally get it. But if you're like, I am dealing with major depression, major anxiety, my body dysmorphia, um, my, I, I feel very um, at risk for a relapse around drugs or alcohol, whatever it is, people are kind of like, ah, well, we're always trying to skirt around it. And I think not taking mental uh, or emotional abuse seriously is part of that because I think sometimes it's actually worse than physical abuse, you know, and, and I think sometimes the worst part of physical abuse is the mental and emotional components of it. Lack of safety, lack of feeling cared for anxiety about it returning or happening again, physical ailments. Some of them will heal emotional psychological ones within one split second can permanently be with you forever. I can't tell you how many clients I work with who are struggling with self-worth around their body, around themselves, whatever it is around feeling safe in relationships based on one thing that was said to them, said by the wrong person at the wrong time in the wrong way. And forever they move forward questioning their value or their worth or their desirability or safety of being with others. And as I say on the show all the time, whenever you're interacting with someone, they're in your care, especially if they're of primary importance or in a primary relationship with you. And we need to take that very seriously. Our mental health, as I always say, is an accumulation of how those around us treat us. And if we're mistreated emotionally and psychologically, 
that is just as bad as a physical wound or physical abuse. We just don't take it seriously, again, because it's invisible, and we are a culture of materialism, where if we can't see it or touch it, we don't believe it. And again, that's why people with mental illness or invisible illnesses, like myself, are often not taken seriously. I've talked about it proudly on the show. I have a lot of my own mental health issues. We all do. We all are on these continuums. It's not, are you borderline? It's how borderline are you? And some people very extreme, some people sprinkles of it, some of it relationally dependent. It's not, are you depressed? It's how depressed are you? We all will get depressed. We all get anxious. For some people, it's more chronic. For others, it's more major, more minor. For some people, it's more a part of their characterological style or personality. But we all have pieces of this. No one's in, you know, it's how narcissistic are we? We all have pieces of that because of how our culture operates. We all have mental health issues. I myself deal with a lot of issues around social stuff. I have social anxiety. I'm an introvert, which shocks people. And there are things that I don't always feel like I have the mental health to deal with or attend. And I will prioritize my mental health. I will not feel as though I need to have a physical or visible ailment to exclude myself from participating in whatever it is. I don't care if it's work. I don't care if it's a holiday. I don't care if it's someone's wedding. My mental health means as much as whatever else it's competing with. And I want you all to feel that way as well. Yes, we live in a world where sometimes those around us won't support that. And again, like I said, they'll be like, but it's your brother's wedding. Yes, but I'm depressed. Or I am actually very much in a triggered state and shouldn't be around people drinking alcohol where alcohol is available for relapse, you might say. Whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. We need to get more familiar with that. I have clients that for the sake of their sobriety and their, their well-being, th them just staying alive means more. And they will sometimes not attend anything that involves alcohol because it's too risky for them. I support that. So they will never go maybe to a concert or a birthday party or a wedding because for them, that will never be safe. And that's okay. We can't all be expected to do what other people can do. Never, never, never is it okay to say, well, they were able to go or they were able to do it. Great. They have different mental health. They have different physical abilities. We would never say, oh, because people in the NBA can do certain jumps and make certain shots that everyone else should be able to. Not everyone has that capacity. No matter how much they practice, not everyone can make the baseball team. Not everyone can be president. It does, it's, we can't be whatever we want. We can't do whatever we want. And that's why we talk about equity. Everyone gets what they need. Equality is the same thing for everyone, but we all have different needs. We all have different bodies, different mental health, different traumas. So everyone is case by case. So there is no such thing as, oh, well, your brother was able to go. Great. Good on him. He has better mental health. Oh, well, your sister was able to make it. Great. She's not in recovery and doesn't have to worry about relapse by being around drugs or alcohol. So there's no such thing as, well, they all could. Great. Good for them. And so we're normalizing mental health. We're going to talk about emotional, psychological abuse because I want it to be taken more seriously and we should never, ever have to put up with it regardless of where it's coming from. So uh, stick around for that. It's going to be an important show. We're going to make a lot of scary connections, hopefully about ourselves first because it's always about us looking at ourselves first. So stick around. More to come. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. We will be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back and we're talking about emotional and psychological abuse and yes i'm taking it very seriously i'm going to be very heavy-handed in this episode because I'm seeing far too many people let themselves off the hook by being emotionally abusive because it's normalized in our culture. We have no problem hearing someone name call because they're upset or put someone down or gossip or bully. See it all the time. And so I want us to first start by examining it in ourselves and to and to acknowledge my friends, my family members, my colleagues, my our relationships, our sex partners, all these people are in our care. We are responsible for how we impact the mental health of those around us. I don't want to even ruin my server barista or whoever else is in my world that I don't even know the name of and might never see again. I don't want to be a part of making their day harder. Like we need to be better. We need better ethics and values. We've talked on the show about how a lot of us don't even know what our ethics and values are. So that's why we don't have a compass. But in our culture, I know what we really value. We all have a God. I love when people are like, I don't believe in God. Yeah, you do. For some of us, it's materialism, your body, it's money, whatever it is. We all have this thing that we're worshiping. And in our culture, we're materialists. We love objects and things. Oh, yeah. And so we don't understand mental health. We don't value it. I've said this on the show a zillion times. This is very maybe LA centric. Yes, my examples come from the world I'm a part of and I live in. And I say it on the show all the time. People will be like, yeah, you know, I went to the gym today for an hour and then I'm taking a spin class tomorrow. And they'll talk about hour after hour, all these daily things they put into their physical body. And I'll say, great. How much work did you do this week on your mental health? And the answer is zero. Zero. But we're all about, we love work and life balance. No, we don't. We are overbalanced. I don't know anything that's in complete balance. And that's a, one of the most important ones. We are not working on our mental health. That's why I'm so impressed 
by those that get it that get into therapy because they're saying at least once a week I want to work on myself. I'm aware they're saying by showing up in therapy that I'm impacting the lives of those around us. That's beautiful. We should all be reading mental health related work. We should all be in therapy of some kind. We should all be aware of what our work is to be a better person and what we need to do more of and what we need to do less of. I would love it if we all had some kind of spiritual practice because it gives us values and ethics or at least have a worked out value and ethics system that we can rely upon. Um, I wish we were all journaling. Those would be the keystones. I wish we were all taking care of our nervous systems and spending time in nature. You know, it is very mental health centered to be focusing on rest and pleasure and leisure. That is mental health. That is not laziness. That is not slacking off. That is mental health. I say to my clients all the time, what have you done for self-care today or this week? What have you done that was just about pleasure? What have you done that was just about leisure? It was not tied to productivity or outcome. And what did you do that was about rest that was not tied to sleeping or napping? Maybe napping, (laughs) but sleeping doesn't count. I don't want to be like, I slept for eight hours or 10 hours. Don't care. Did you take a moment on a bench? Did you sit on your couch in silence and just breathe for a moment? Did you just lay there and listen to music? Did you take a bath? Did you daydream? Did you let your mind wander? Did you dance around? Did you maybe cook? That's bumping into a little bit of leisure now. All those things are part of our mental health, but we're talking about emotional and psychological abuse. Again, I want us to start by looking at ourselves first and if we do this. And of course, we'll be looking at those around us because we should not, ready for this, this is gonna be the most controversial thing you'll maybe ever hear me say, we should not be in relationships with people that are emotionally or psychologically abusive. Just like if someone's physically abusive, the relationship should immediately be put on hold and worked on and decided whether or not it's safe. And that's determined by the abusing partner's willingness to take accountability and work on themselves. Emotional and psychological abuse should be the same thing. Hi, you just name called. We're going to stop right now and we're going to talk about that because that is not allowed to happen again. And if I see you taking accountability and working on it, great. It's safe to stay in relationship to you as my friend, as my boss, as my colleague, as my mom, as my best friend, as my husband or wife of 30 billion years. No one gets let off the hook. Your mental health matters more than these pieces. I will always go to bat for you. I don't care who's doing it. But... It's gotta be worked on and addressed. Otherwise you say to them, I have to leave this relationship because that's very toxic. Because what you say, I absorb and I internalize and it impacts how I feel about myself. It impacts how safe I feel in the world with myself and others. We don't allow that. So I'm gonna give you the broad strokes. What is psychological or emotional abuse? I'm collapsing them all down. Some people love you know, separating it out. That's emotional abuse, that's psychological abuse, that's mental. Let's just use the term for all of it. It doesn't matter. It, it just give it one big umbrella term. So I'm using mental abuse, psychological abuse, and emotional abuse. I'm conflating them all and I'm collapsing them all into one thing. So I'm using those words interchangeably. And they usually fall under uh, name calling, bullying, harassment, gossip, rumors, and excluding. Those are the big ones. Of course, physical abuse is, you know, anything involves physicality and touch, hitting, throwing. Um, There's life-threatening violence, which is about weapon use. But there's also this little interesting one that I want to kind of weave in there. And that one is implied physical abuse. And that does fall under psychological and emotional because this person might not be throwing the you know remote control or the glass at you, but when they throw it near you or they're slamming it or throwing it away from you, that is still a form of psychological abuse and control. They're acting out violence around you. So that does fall under emotional and psychological. Um, 
So we want to acknowledge that. So that's the question. Do you ever name call anyone in your life? Do you ever try to intimidate them? Do you spread rumors? Do you gossip? Do you harass? Do you bully? Check yourself for a second. And if so, don't drop into shame and guilt. That's not motivating. That keeps you trapped. Instead, say, you know what? That is me. I do that. And I'm going to stop doing that because no one deserves that, especially someone who's in my care as my friend, as my family member, as my, as my husband or wife or person I'm dating. And I'm going to acknowledge when that's happening and I'm going to do better. I'm going to essentially stand there and say nothing when I'm upset. I'm not going to act out and rehearse violence. When I'm frustrated, when I'm disappointed, when I'm let down, I'm just going to stand there and take it. That's the work. Um, all right, so we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and we're going to keep talking about uh, emotional abuse because I see it all the time. People are let off the hook. It's allowed. Uh, physical violence, we're like, yeah, never okay, blah, 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 blah. But verbal, psychological, all that, we're like, eh, it's a big deal though. Um, all right, we're going to be doing that and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline at GPH, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Stick around though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back. We're talking about emotional and psychological abuse. Hard topic. I'm being very heavy handed because it needs to stop. I see it all the time. Uh, let's start for a second. Parenting, y'all. Parenting's a hard job. Seriously, my heart goes out to all parents. And I don't mean that in a uh, <laughs> pity kind of way. I just mean it as in, God bless you. You got a lot of responsibilities. You know, you're a human being trying to just <laughs> get through your own life. And life is hard enough and you're trying to figure out purpose and meaning and uh, maybe you have a primary partner, got to worry about them, what's going on in their life, trying to manage a relationship or your marriage, you know, you have job and work stresses, dealing with your own health stuff, trying to live your own dreams. Then maybe you have a house or a mortgage or an apartment, trying to make rent, uh, trying to keep your, you know, your life going. Maybe you have a pet and then you have this little, little nugget. Maybe you have a few of them. These little babies that are so dependent upon you and all their needs are met by you and everything you do with them and around them impacts them and they're internalizing it, which is why it's better to separate if you are creating a toxic environment around that child, that child, children don't need a man and a wife, a husband and wife. I mean, a mom and a dad, they don't need two opposite gender. They don't need two parents. They need caregivers that are accessible and available and loving and regulated. One of them, five of them, all men, all women, it doesn't matter. Children don't need, to be don't need to be indoctrinated into gender. They need to be cared for. My heart goes out to all of that. However, understand that you can't wait for your child to regulate for you to be able to regulate. You can't wait for your child to learn how to calm down before you can calm down. Your child learns that from you. And if you're not calm, you can't expect this little child to be able to figure out how to be calm. You're an adult. If you can't, don't expect your child to do what you can't do. And I see too many parents starting emotional and psychological abuse with their children from an early age, normalizing it, training them to think that that's acceptable, that when we're frustrated, we can throw something, slam something, speak ill, name call. You can't be doing that. Re learn how to regulate yourself before you bring a child into this world who's dependent upon you and learns all of their relational, mental health, and regulatory skills from you and how you interact with them. Think about that, work on that. Then you step into adolescence and it's the same thing. Our social group, same thing, reflects back our worth and value. And then we move into adult relationships, same thing. The partners we date and have sex with also we internalize them and have that reflected back to us. And we wanna create a world where we really take those responsibilities seriously and we're not harming. 
So again, what is psychological and emotional abuse? It's rumors, spreading rumors. You are psychologically abusing the person you're spreading rumors about, the person you're gossiping about. If you are misusing your power in whatever way, as a parent, as the financial provider in the family, as a boss, as a supervisor, as an older brother or sibling or whatever it is, that's called intimidation. That's a misuse of power. That is a form of emotional and psychological abuse. Anyone who works under you, anyone who has less power than you is in your care and you are responsible for taking that power and using it positively. If you're in a relationship and you bully and harass with anyone or you name call or you threaten them, that is also psychological and emotional abuse and it needs to be called out as such and said that cannot happen again. And if the person who did it takes accountability and says, you're right, it was, and here's what I'll do to make sure it doesn't happen again, then they are safe to continue to be related to. But if they say, no, it wasn't, and they try to rationalize it or whatever it is, not acceptable. But start by looking at yourself first. Do you do this? Have you made this normal? Have you been bringing this into the relationships around you? because sometimes we've been a part of normalizing it. Sometimes that's all the work is, is saying, let's not be that couple, let's not be that family group, let's not be that group of friends that does this anymore. Let's talk kindly of ourselves and those around us. Let's not get together and spread rumors and gossip. Let's not get together and bully each other. I've said that about our bodies. Let's not be the group that talks about how much weight we're losing and gaining and feeling fat. Let's have positive influences and let's be one. So that's mandatory. It's very, very, very important. Um, all right, I want to kind of like, we're going to, well, after this segment, we're going to do some DMs and then we'll come back and talk about what does the work look like. But again, I just want everyone to spend some time acknowledging it. And again, I want to highlight, as I did in an earlier segment, symbolic violence, implied violence. And that's throwing things, kicking things, slamming doors, destroying or threatening to destroy. That is just as detrimental and abusive. So I just want to spend the rest of the time in this segment just going over a few more forms of it because, again, we're getting serious about this. Judging and criticizing. If you're judging your partner, your friends, and those around you are being constantly judged or constantly criticized or constantly critiqued, that's a form of emotional abuse. I would say to someone, I'm going to stop you. I'm not interested now or ever on your thoughts about my body or your thoughts about how I dress, you might say to them. Um, we do, though, in healthy adult relationships, need to be open to hearing how we impact our partner. So if our partner says, hey, lovingly, can we talk about some things we need to work on or I'd love to have you work on so I can thrive better in this relationship, that's appropriate. But not judging and criticizing their body, the way they dress, no. Also blaming, isolation, silent treatments, threats of abandonment. Those are all other forms. And again, those things are a little normalized. Isolation, you know, trying to keep the partner away from their friends, making them feel bad when they go out with their friends or their family members. That's a form of emotional abuse. It's a form of control. It's isolation. You know, remember, when we get into a relationship with someone, our lives should be made bigger, not smaller, because someone else was just brought in. So think about that. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to slide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And then uh, we're going to get back to talking about emotional abuse. It's an important topic, y'all, although it's a heavy one. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm 26 years old. Been struggling with debt and bills. So I decided to go onto a sugar daddy website. There it is, y'all. I met someone that's 50. And not only are my bills paid, but if I'm being honest, I actually really like them. 
but see, here's where that assumed ageism comes in. Well, why, why would you maybe not like a 50 year old? I appreciate that you're about half their age. Um, so I can understand why you might be surprised by that, but Hey, we never know where connection shows up. You know what I mean? Um, and no, I'm not one of those people that inherently assumes that because someone's much older, that it's a misuse of power, blah, 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 blah. No, that's lazy armchair analysis, case by case, relationship by relationship. In fact, I've worked with couples where it's quite the inverse. The younger one is the one that's in control. The one that's, you know, has the power dynamics. The older one feels threatened by everything, just wants to be cared for. It is always trying to keep up with the younger ones. So let's make no assumptions. And I also am glad that you didn't put your gender in here because it doesn't matter. Um, you met someone that's 50, not only your bills paid, I, that's great. Congratulations. You found a really easy way to participate in our capitalist system, which thinks that as a human being, you don't have a right to anything and that you actually have to earn a living. Isn't that wild? You're not, you, you can't assume you get to just have a living because you're a human. You have to actually earn it. It's gross. So yeah, you found a way to, to survive in a capitalist system. <laughs> awesome. Well, well done. Um, and, and you met someone that you liked along the way. That's beautiful. And I hope you make each other very, very happy. Back to your question. You said some of my friends are cool. Some of them aren't. Not surprising. People will automatically, automatically assume that there's something off in this dynamic. Yet, tons of housewives, there's an entire TV franchise built on the fact that people marry others for money and status, put them down, attack them, don't love them anymore, but yet stay for the money. There's nothing different. There's a lot of married couples that are in it for the money and the status and the comfort. That is no different from what you're doing. It's just that there's a stigma attached to your version and not to other people's. Um, back to your question though. Some of your friends aren't cool. That's cool. They don't have to be cool. And you can let them know, Hey, I hear you. You're not cool with it. We don't need to weigh in on it anymore. I'm happy. That's what matters. So please be a good friend and actually focus on my experience. You should say to them, which is my needs are met. I enjoy this person. I'm happy. That's all that should matter. And tell your friends that they can keep their feelings to themselves and to be a good friend and to celebrate what you as an adult, because at 26, you are an adult and the decisions you've chosen to make. And that if you tell them it's going well and feels good, then that's all that should matter. Uh, back to your question. You said, I don't know how to tell them. I don't know how to tell them. Tell them what? It feels like I need to do that sooner than later. Oh, your parents. Sorry, I missed a part. You said some of my friends are cool, some aren't, but I'm worried about telling my parents. Got it. Um, so you said, I don't know how to tell them, and it feels like I need to do that sooner than later. Why? Why do they need to know it all? You're allowed to have boundaries and privacy with your husband or wife, with your best friend, with your parents. You're allowed to have privacy and boundary with literally anyone in the world you choose. If your parents aren't healthy enough or mature enough to support you as an adult making your own decisions, well, then they don't have a right to be told information. Listen, we only bring vulnerable information to people that are mature enough to have it brought to them. And if you're realizing your parents won't treat this in the way you want it to be treated, you have a couple options. One, you don't tell them because of privacy and boundaries. Two, you tell them what you need. Hey, mom and dad, I'm going to disclose something to you. And I understand that it might be hard for you to hear, but I want you to celebrate it with me and I want you to be supportive of it. And you can say to them, I'm open to hearing your thoughts, or you can even say the opposite. I'm actually not open to hearing your thoughts, but I did want to share this with you because it is someone whose name you might start to hear about or because it's someone who's important to me and you might meet them. I don't know where you're going with this person. But I don't know why sooner than later. Um, if you've been with them for a while and you think that they're important to you and you want your family to know because you're going to bring them around, well, then yes, I get it. But maybe not. And maybe they don't need to know. But your question really was, would it be wrong to tell them how we met? No, that should never be wrong. Um, but it might be for them. 
And if it is, well, then you give them a different story. What? Lie? Yes. 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 Sometimes we don't tell the truth because the people we're telling it to aren't mature enough to hear it or because it will create damage. And in that case, we do lie. We do create a story that centers our mental health because they don't need to know how you met. That is not relevant. You're just maybe letting them know that there's someone important in your life and you want them to be a part of it. You know, let us know how it goes. Circle back. Got a DM for us. Drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. More to come, though. If you want to check out past episodes, go over to wearechannelq.com. Stick around, though. We're more to come, as I said. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back, and we're talking today about emotional and psychological abuse. It's a little heavy-handed. I'm going to acknowledge that because this is something I feel very strongly and passionately about because we are open systems. Human beings are sponges. Our brains, our nervous systems, that's our physicality, our form, our bodies. They record and take in and are shaped by how we're treated. Our posture is a result of how we're treated. We stand up taller when we feel good and, and, and feel safe and have been treated well. We collapse and shrink and, and, and try to not be seen or heard if we haven't been treated well. Self-esteem is reflected back to us. Self-esteem is born out of relationship. It is not an inside job. We are left doing some of that work and some of that work is important, but it's largely a socialization issue. So the way we're spoken about matters. Mental and physical abuse are, are, are both very powerful things, but we tend to take physical, physical anything, materialist things very more, you know, very much more seriously. But the emotional and psychological is as important. Again, remember, our brains are social organs. So is our nervous system. And we're always connecting to others. And we have these things called internal working models, which are these narratives on ourselves and others and the world. That's the three key points. And our experiences, how we're treated, tell us how we feel about ourselves, how safe we feel and what we imagine our futures to be and what the world is like, and also our sense of safety and, and worth and value and desirability in relationship to others, socially, romantically, sexually. So that's why it matters. So we're talking about all the various ways that this shows up. So the key forms, because again, we're looking at ourselves and those we're in relationship to, and no one is let off the hook because it's never acceptable to negatively start or reorganizing someone's sense of self or their self-worth. Um, Bullying, gossiping, name-calling, belittling, critiquing, intimidating, controlling. That's all emotional psychological abuse. Misuse of power because you're in a position of power. You're an abuser. And the first step in changing all that is acknowledging, yes, I can at times be abusive. We all have to be able to acknowledge that and change that. And that's how we know it's safe to stay in relationship with someone is when we call it out or they call it out that we say you're right. We take accountability and we work on it. And then we have what we call implied or symbolic violence, which really falls more under the psychological and the physical because it involves physicality but has a psychological impact. And that's when you're slamming things, throwing things, destroying things, threatening to do that. That's symbolic and implied, but that still falls under emotional and psychological abuse. So let's not do that anymore. Now we're going to kind of talk about what we have to do if that's what's happening. Um, again, you have a right to exit immediately. I advise people to call it out and to say, if that happens again, it's, we need to get into therapy or I need to exit because that's not safe for me to be around. It doesn't matter who the person is that's doing it. Speak truth to power, especially if it's someone in a position of power. Um, I'm always trying to advocate for people who have less power when they're being abused. But the and again, this is assuming, what I'm about to say next assumes that you're in a safe relationship physically because if you have verbal abuse and also physical abuse, you should just leave. You really should and let that person go heal. They have a lot of work to do. But if you're with someone who you feel safe with physically and they've taken some accountability, here's the work. Yes, you're allowed to walk away. 
Uh, there's a piece about being uh, assertive in the relationship. I always advocate for the person being abused verbally to at first call that out because unfortunately, like I'm saying over and over, it's been normalized. So a lot of people don't actually realize that that's not acceptable. And so it has to be called out first. So you have to be assertive. And the abusive partner needs to discover and work on the core issues that cause that abusive behavior. And sometimes that means working together as a couple to change the patterns. Other times it doesn't. Uh, but you have to do the work of standing up because it's got to get called out. Um, or you have a right to just exit if you don't want to do that work. You can stay and renew it or you can release it. That's often the work for us. Um, but if you and your partner are both willing to do the work to change these patterns, um, I'm happy to work with those kinds of couples. But sometimes it's clear that the couple just shouldn't stay together because they keep bringing out the worst in each other or one of them is not willing to change. We don't have to be in romantic relationships. They're healthy for us. We have borrowed functioning. Many of us thrive. It gives us a support network. We need to have relationality around us, but we don't have to do that if you don't want to. And so it should only be done when it's a positive influence or at least, neg or at least neutral. So if you're with someone and for whatever reason, you both just keep triggering each other and you bring out the worst, you're not compatible. Even though you might find each other wildly attractive, the sex might be great, you might love the lifestyle you've built, but the emotional mental health of the relationship matters more. And sometimes for whatever reason, we bring out the worst in each other and the work is just too great. Or if one of you is not willing to work on the relationship or change, it's time to go. Because that's number one. All parties are willing to do the work and take accountability. Uh, but the abuser needs to understand why they're abusing. Now the shorthand that I'll just throw at you quickly, we did a whole show on self-regulation, is if you're trying to work on yourself, the first thing you have to do is acknowledge what the forms of abuse are that you take so you can realize when you're doing it or about to do it and you can stop. And in that moment, you say to yourself, I need to, number one, breathe to regulate my system and calm down. Then I need to right size this and say, based on what I'm upset about, what is the, what is the appropriate response on a scale of zero to 10? And usually it's just that you're disappointed and frustrated, which is a two or three or four, and it should be delivered as such. Then you check in with the person. Hey, this is my perception or assessment of what happened. What do you think? And collaboratively, you come up with a you come up with like a, a landing point or a narrative. You might say, that was really hard for me to see you do. And then the, your partner says, I know, but it really was important to me to blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow, that's really good to know. And you come to a collaborative narrative on what happened, and then you reconnect and heal. It really is that easy and it is also really that hard. It's a practice and the quality of your relationships and the quality of your life are tied directly to the quality of your practice. So practice. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about uh, psychological and emotional abuse. It's a very heavy topic. Uh, I'm being very heavy handed. I take this very seriously. I'm consistently frustrated and bummed out by the fact that we don't take mental health issues uh, to be as meaningful as physical health issues. Someone again, physically is unable to walk, has a, has a visible illness. Uh, we take it seriously, but if someone has a mental health issue or is doing emotional abuse, we don't think it matters as much, but it does. And it matters more often because it's more insidious. It's more ubiquitous, which means it goes on and on and on. It's not seen. It's not called out. It's more universal. It's more consistent. And that can be far more toxic. So we're calling this stuff out in ourselves and others to heal. And we need to culturally do that. We need to hold each other accountable. So what's the work to do if you're the person that was on the receiving end? Now, you're not responsible for someone else's bad behavior. It is not your fault that someone chose violence as a way to deal with whatever was happening. However, 
there is explorative and clarifying work for you to do so you can figure out how to make sure that doesn't happen again. So what we're going to talk about next isn't placing blame on you. You're the victim. But it is important to understand how that system came to be so you can make sure that doesn't happen again. The first thing is you want to understand why you chose an abusive partner. Is there any awareness around that? Maybe you weren't aware. Maybe that wasn't something that was there from the beginning, or maybe it was. And you want to very lovingly and compassionately say, hey, why do I think I allowed that to go on? Or was it that I wasn't aware that that wasn't okay because emotional and psychological abuse is something I was raised with or is common in my culture or my social group. And so I wasn't really aware that that wasn't acceptable. We want to acknowledge where you're at. Then we want to understand why you stuck around. And that's a really important thing to look at. Sometimes it's because of the abuse cycle. You get abused, then they, they, then they repair beautifully. They love bomb you by buying you gifts, showering you with affection, telling you they love you. And that's a way to keep you trapped and, and have you buy in a hope that they can be different. Because look, look how amazing they are. Because when it's really, really, really good, we're more willing sometimes to deal with it when it's really, really, really bad. That's the trap. But you want to acknowledge that sometimes you get hooked by the hook and get caught in that trap. So you can call it out when it happens again. Because what we want to see someone do if they're an abuser is take accountability and step into working on it, not apologize and flood you with love. Awesome, babe, thanks for the flowers. Thanks for telling me how hot you think I am. Thanks for all the kisses. However, more importantly, because that's love bombing and that's a trap, I actually need you to tell me that you're sorry, take accountability, and also tell me what you're doing to work on being better. Are you in therapy? Are you reading some books on this? Are you tracking and called out the forms of uh, emotional abuse you tend to inflict on me and you're tracking it? That's what you're looking here, not just tons of kisses and flowers. Then you want to understand the patterns and you want to talk about how you can confront a partner if it happens again. But more importantly, you want to work on your assertion and setting boundaries because anyone who's the victim of trauma or abuse needs to work on feeling safe again and voice and choice, learning how to speak up and advocate for themselves and assert and set boundaries and then also choosing what they want. And that's really difficult work because some people were raised in families where they were never given the opportunity to set boundaries. And that's again, that misuse of power where you had abusive parents maybe, where you weren't allowed to advocate for yourself or have any boundaries or have any privacy. And so that can be a very, 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 very hard thing to do. So learning about communicating limits and boundaries is really important work. And sometimes unfortunately it takes us becoming, realizing we're an emotional abuser or we've been emotionally abused to really step into that. Um, so that's that's something where the, that, that's work that has to be done. And that's why I advocate for people journaling, you know, as the um, abuser, tracking what are the things that set you off. Anyone who's abusive, just like people in recovery from any problematic thing like drugs or alcohol, they have to track their high risk people, places and things. What are their triggers? What are the situations, the people, the places and the things that are going to set you up to maybe go back to old behavior? And then you have to acknowledge the ways to cope with that. It's about learning better self-regulation, better boundaries, and more tolerance for discomfort. Um, but it's it's life-changing because usually how we are in one relationship is often what we take into future relationships. And that's really, 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 really hard. But the work is about continually speaking up, setting boundaries, setting boundaries and limits. And this is again where I go back to dynamics ahead of our adulthood. Our early environments with our parents really sets us up. And that's why it's really hard to say this to some parents, but you have to let your kids speak back to you sometimes. You have to let your kids learn how to assert with appropriateness, with respect. Um, but you have to offer that to them as well. And when you treat them with respect, they'll understand how to reflect that back. When you set boundaries with them and talk about privacy and let them have boundaries and privacy, we're normalizing that. We're learning, we're teaching them those tools. Those are not things that we just inherently show up with or, or at some point in our lives just 
have internally to uh, lean on or access, those are things that are instilled in us. Those are things that are socialized into us. Um, that early environment, and like I said, our teenage years, our adolescent friends, they again reinforce or they uh, dismantle. I think another personality style to think about and to be aware of that often shows up within these verbally abusive cycles is people pleasers. Um, Cause it's really hard for us to let people down. We don't trust that we have worth and value. And so we feel like we have to be a consistent asset to their life and do things for them to be kept around or to be seen as having worth and value. We don't feel like we inherently have that. We don't know what we bring to someone's life without, without always pleasing and doing things for them. So we personalize that. Um, and so this is about stepping outside of that. It's really powerful work. And it's unfortunate when it happens, but again, you know, these can become breakthroughs, especially if you realize that you're the emotional abuser. That's why with these couples that come into my office, we do a family of origin. We do a lot of work with family of origin and we look at their early relationships to understand how all this got laid out, either engaging or, or not setting boundaries and asserting around it. And then we move forward looking at all the relationships since then looking at how that reinforced or dismantled. Cause that's what we hope happens. If we have some family of origin stuff, early childhood trauma, we really hope that the relationships afterwards heal and move us away from, or they further injure and further weaken. So that's why you have to make your partner choice and your friend choices very meticulously because it all matters. Our physical and mental health are tied to those we spend time around and what they reflect back to us. So think about that. That's why I'm taking this form of abuse so seriously. This really matters. And it's very, it's, it's often not really called out or acknowledged. It's often very normalized. We think the physical is the only thing that matters. Um, all right, coming up next, we're gonna keep talking about emotional and psychological abuse, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. We love hearing from you. Whatever you got, drop it in there on our Loveline IG page. We'll be back though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, talking about emotional abuse. It's a hard topic to talk about, especially because we often realize it in ourselves, which is really what I want this to be about. Us looking at ourselves, of course, I want us to be able to assess those around us because we need to set boundaries and speak up and say, if that happens again, this relationship ends, that, you know, we want people to take accountability and work on it. Uh, emotional abuse, humiliating you. Yep. Humiliations, emotional abuse. Um, what else? Criticizing, mocking your appearance your personality, psychologically abusive. Anytime you have a negative impact on someone, um, we're, we're moving into something. You know, we, we make friendships, we uh, build relationships with our family members, we date, have sex with people, all of that to make our lives better. So if you're having a negative impact on someone, check yourself, you know what I mean? That's not what this is about. Um, what else? Constantly shaming someone, uh, blaming them, name calling, ridiculing, never expressing appreciation, intimidation, mocking you, uh, discouraging you from socializing, meeting new people. That kind of falls under the sense of um, you know toxic forms of control. I don't care if someone is your child. I don't care if they are your best friend. I don't care if they are your employee. I don't care if they're your husband or wife. You don't have a right to negatively impact someone's mental health or emotional health. You don't have a right to bully, misuse power, attack name call criticize no we're calling it out in ourselves calling out in others we're setting boundaries and we're demanding better because remember the the damage isn't just the wound in the moment the damage isn't just someone feeling sad or bad which should matter and be enough if you are okay seeing someone wounded by you and you keep going or don't try to change or don't take accountability that's a big problem uh and but my point is is it's it's bigger than just what you see in the moment this can lead to anxiety. 
This can lead to depression. This can lead to shame. This can lead to a sense of powerlessness. This can be traumatic. It, it, all of this affects the brain, the brain's structure, the chemical functions. It can affect the way we our, our ability to regulate emotions, uh, to function, how safe we feel with self and other. It can keep us constantly in a hyper aroused fight or flight state, never able to relax or overload our nervous system. It's a big deal. And that's why I'm trying to let everyone know that this isn't something as simple as just take a joke, right? Just take a joke. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that deep. Yeah, it really is. But again, we first have to acknowledge it. We have to work on changing it. We have to work on calling it out. And that's the hardest thing is, you know, I work with people where their partners aren't willing to do that work. They're too narcissistic. They're too sociopathic. Uh, they're too fragile. Uh, maybe the care isn't even there anymore. And so sometimes the work is about leaving. Sometimes we heal and um, sometimes we renew. You know, we heal, release, we renew and we stay. Uh, but again, it's important stuff and it starts starts from the early years. And I see adults doing it, friend friend circles, you know, where their friendship is based on put downs and name calling. It's it's not good. Let's build people up. Let's, let's lift as we climb. Let's be part of someone's healing narrative. Um, you know, and that's where we saw things like with cancel culture. No one was focused on healing the damage or looking at the source of these problems. We were just attacking one by one by one. And yes, I understand people in positions of power that you don't have access to might need a little bit of that so as to force them to take the damage seriously and to stop um, or other regulatory resources to kind of shut it down. But in our day-to-day -day lives, it should be about healing. And that should always be the first question. How do we heal this? Because um, hurt people, if we don't transform and heal our own stuff, our own hurt, our own wounds, our own triggers, our own trauma, we act that out on others and we perpetuate it by taking it forward. So just take a pause for a second and say, what healing do I have to do? Like I said, we are great at focusing on saving money for the car. We are great at getting our gym bodies. We are great at all these different things, but we are not good at focusing on our mental and emotional health. And that's part of the problem. We're not being self-reflective. A lot of us don't have a spiritual practice or a mental health practice. We don't understand self-care. We're not in therapy. And this is, and this is what it looks like. This is what, this is what that looks like, what we're dealing with right now. We see it in politics. We see it in our social relationships. We see it in our family relationships. Um, we got to get better. And sadly, sometimes we have to realize that we might have to exit certain relationships because the work is too great or the person isn't willing to deal with it. I do work with some people that are in relationships with a, a, a severe narcissist. Again, we're all narcissists. It's just how much. And some people are very severe where they cannot tolerate self-reflection. They cannot tolerate uh, being called out and having work to do. They cannot tolerate apology or accountability. They're too fragile. Narcissists are very fragile. That's the problem. And that's why they're so defended. They're cut off. They're all in their head. They're out of their bodies. Um, they don't have empathy. They don't have uh, vulnerability. They're not willing to build deep intimacy. Always protected, always defended. And at all costs, they'll protect their ego. And that's why they can't handle the accountability. And they won't do that work. And those are the people we have to leave. They're not safe to be around. It's too toxic. And that's a really heartbreaking thing because you might love them or be attracted to them or they've been in your life for so long, but you're realizing they're taking you down. You know, they've normalized this. <laughs> the first step in behavior change is recognizing what needs to change and acknowledging it with accountability, saying, you're right, that is what I do, and I'm going to work on stopping that. That's a powerful stance. So anyway, sit with it. Examine yourself. Examine those around you. 
make this a topic of conversation. Uh, next, uh, coming up next, we're gonna be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Topics you want us to hit, questions you got, something you want us to circle back to. Anytime you drop a question in there, uh, you're helping someone else as we're helping you. So, And past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. We'll be back though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I had to block my mom from Instagram. I know that sounds stupid, but I want, but I would post something, and she would literally call me five minutes later asking me why I was out, why I wasn't at work, what am I doing, do I have enough money for this? <laughs> and it's every single time. So I finally blocked her. Okay, first off, before I get further into her question, as you should, she is misusing the information she has access to. And if someone's gonna misuse information, then we prevent them from having access to it. She's lost the right. And you can lovingly say that to her. Mom, when I post something, it is not so that you can interrogate me around it. You have a right to set boundaries with everyone in your life, including your mom. You should say to her, I am not interested in having you reach out with all of those questions. When she calls, you can say, I'm not comfortable answering those questions. She would say, why aren't you work? Mom, I'm not comfortable answering that. What are you doing? Mom, I'm not comfortable answering that. People that are not used to boundaries like your mom will struggle at first, because obviously your mom is boundaryless if that's what she thinks she should be doing with the information you're sharing. You to start setting boundaries out there. Back to your question. I'm 30 years old, tried to talk to her about being on my back too much. She says it's her anxiety and she worries too much, but that's her work. Hand that back to her. It's not your job to help soothe that, especially when it's toxic and overwhelming for you. It is your mom's job to manage her anxiety and to not bring it to you. And that's your response. Mom, I hear you. You're anxious and you worry too much, but that is for you to manage privately. Please don't reach out to me asking me to soothe your anxiety because I won't do that anymore. And lovingly, respectfully, relationally, set that boundary, but then hold it because people that aren't used to boundaries being set won't honor it. 
they'll try to knock it over, climb over it. So you have to hold it. You have to say, yeah, I'm not answering that. In fact, after you post, when she calls, you don't even have to answer. You can call back when you feel like you have the time and space to call back. And when you do say, I'm not interested in talking about my post. And every time she brings it back up, you can say again, I'm not interested in talking about my post. And when she says, I know, but I'm anxious, you can say, and that is for you to manage with therapy, with better boundaries, with medication. I don't know, mom, but every time you're anxious, you can't call me so as to have me soothe your anxiety. That is for you to struggle with. I'm, I'm, I'm a separate person. But back to your question, you said, I know it's immature. I don't think it is at all. I would block someone if they were misusing access to my social media as well. I do it all the time. I block people all the time because somehow, and I'm totally derailing, but somehow people think that because they can leave a comment on your social media, that that means they can be rude or leave any comment. The minute someone leaves a rude comment on my page, I I delete it or I block it because don't ever come at me rude. I don't, like you never have a right to come at me rude. If you don't like my post, keep moving. Stay quiet, send a DM if you want, or be very you know, uh, respectful and, and ask questions and engage it. But if you come out swinging, I will not be the, receptive, the receptacle for your anger and unprocessed emotions. I block, I delete. No way, you don't come at me rude. And we should all be applying that. No one should ever be on the receiving end of rudeness for anything. Set those boundaries. You are not being immature by blocking your mom because she is dysregulated, doesn't know how to manage her emotions, doesn't understand privacy and boundaries, and calls you every time she doesn't like a post. Of course you block her. She lost her right. That's what we should all be doing. Um, You said, I'd love to share my life with her. I just don't want to be beat down for every decision I make. I know. Lovingly share that with her in a very loving, calm way. Let her know the truth and response to her, her, her actions. Mom, I blocked you from my social media because I want to share my life with you, but you misuse it. And there's a boundarylessness in that. And you come to me to soothe your anxiety. And I want to be able to share my social media with you. I want you to be able to see what I'm up to, but I can't do that until you're functioning at a higher level. Please manage this better so I can let you be a part of my social media. And then it falls back on her as it already should have for her to function at a higher level so as to have of the privilege of being a part of your social media. That's a right that people have to earn. <laughs> that is not inherent. Our social media is not us trying to open up ourselves to people's, you know, again, as I said earlier, un, you know, undigested, aggressive stuff. So, all right, enough about all this, y'all. That is our show. We'll be back tomorrow. Join us then. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Be kind to yourselves and those around you. And uh, thanks for hanging out. And y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Have a good night, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 